Hey everybody, welcome back to the Introversion Podcast. I'm recording this Sunday night, August 29th, and I'm hopefully posting this on Tuesday, August 31st. Um, but we'll see. I'm, uh, I've got another dentist appointment tomorrow morning, so or I should say Monday morning. So we'll see what kind of thoughts I come home with from that. As you, as you may have recalled from last year, I may have said a couple times, whenever I go to the dentist, I have these deep existential thoughts, awakenings, epiphanies, whatever you want to call it. And uh, <laughs> so I end up recording often on days where I go to the dentist, uh, which will be tomorrow. But we'll see. We'll see how tomorrow plays out. But for the time being, it is now Sunday night. Uh, I have a very specific topic I wanted to talk about today, which obviously you see in the title pretty clear. Monday, Monday, Monday. Um, there are a lot of things to talk about. Uh, I could definitely wander and go on about a lot of things on my mind. Uh, of course, uh, the vaccine mandates, which are weighing heavily on my mind and the latest in pandemic news and all of that. But I did talk about those things a lot in the last couple episodes. And uh, as I mentioned in the last episode, like I don't want to talk about it so much. I want to move on and address other things in life, other facets of life and society. So I think today today I'll be successful at that because I'm not going to say a whole lot more about uh, the vaccines and pandemic and all that stuff. So yeah, so there's, you know, the end of summer, online dating before midnight. Uh, I could talk about how the Premier League, for those of you who don't know, most of you probably know who know me, I'm super into soccer, into football, that is, and uh, specifically the Premier League. I'm not going to mention my team of favor, <laughs> let's call it. I'm not going to say my favorite team, but I'm not going to mention them because, uh, I don't know, they're usually a, a top side, but they might be headed for relegation at the rate they're going now. And, uh, of course, uh, you know, those of you who know what I'm talking about will get a, a, a little kick out of that. But, um, yeah, the Premier League started a couple weeks ago, and I only just watched my first match yesterday, Liverpool versus Chelsea. And the uh, thing is, like, I didn't even finish watching it. And it's weird when you're in the habit of doing something or not doing something. You know, it can be hard to switch back into another mode. I mean, I was happy to see a full stadium packed full of passionate fans really does change the complexion of the match as well as my viewing experience from home. But still, like I said, I only watched bits and pieces of the first half and tuned out for the second half. And I don't know, I just, uh, we'll see if I get back into watching Premier League or sports in general. I don't know. But I've kind of been into films more than anything lately, uh, as you may have gathered from my last couple episodes where I talked about Suicide Squad and Matchpoint and Before Sunset. I actually watched Before Midnight back when I said I would, but that was so long ago now that it doesn't feel fresh in my mind, so I'd rather talk about what happens to be on my mind today. Real quick note regarding this, like my mom wisely told me that I should just immediately record my podcast episodes as the thoughts are fresh in my mind, but just edit them later on. Uh, whenever I find more time to do so. I think this could help remedy the problem that sometimes I don't put out an episode simply because I don't have a large enough chunk of time to both record and edit in one session. Hence, I postpone the recording of an episode, which of course means that that episode is often never made. Very sad. But all of that being said, there's a point is there's a lot of things I could get into today. But today I'm going to focus specifically on the title of this episode, Money, right? Money, money, money. Hey, must be the 
sometimes I wonder what people think about money. And I, I wonder whether my views on it are anything like what others' views are on it. I mean, obviously, there's a presupposition that we all want more money, and yet... The more money you make, the more problems you get. And this is what I want to get into today, basically how we evaluate money, what it is and what it means to us. I'm going to share a bit about my views on money and some experiences. Uh, and whether or not you agree or disagree with my take on the matter, I hope this prompts you to more deeply evaluate the role of money in your life. I, th I think it's one of those things where people only think about money in terms of quantity, you know, like wanting more of it and feeling like they're missing out or suffering if they don't have enough of it, that kind of thing. But I don't know, it's just a theory, but I just don't think that people in general think that much about like on a deeper level, you know, money and, and the trade-offs involved with money. And I'm going to get into that a little bit here in a, in a, in a second. But, you know, th this is a topic that kind of came out of nowhere today, prompted by a conversation I had with my mom. She sent me a link to a really nice house she was interested in, but she dismissed it because it was out of the price range. It immediately got me thinking about money and sort of the limitations it places on each of us, basically, if you don't have enough of it, right? So many of my friends and family, and myself included, and probably you listening to this right now, we all operate on a certain budget. Whether you're super nitpicky in your bookkeeping or not, I think it's fair to say we all have a general sense of what we can afford and what we can't. The way I see it, we're all on this spectrum. There's what we can actually afford, and then there's what we think we can afford. Some of us overspend, living beyond our means, while some of us actually underspend, feeling rather uncomfortable if we make any large purchases or buy items at full price, not on sale, you know, that kind of thing. Hell, back when I used to eat at Chipotle, I used to often forego adding guac to my burrito bowl just because of that extra $3 or so. Even though I loved the taste, what it added to the mix, and even though I could technically afford it, I would often shy away from adding it, kind of feeling like I couldn't justify spending that much on a burrito bowl every day, instead choosing to only occasionally add guac, perhaps on a special occasion or on a down day if I felt like rewarding myself with a treat to help lift my spirits. Anyway, just an example, but my point was, we all have a relationship with money. Hopefully yours is a healthy one, but for a lot of people, it's an unhealthy relationship. Whether you're super tight with the purse strings or on the other end of the spectrum, you're dead broke or racked with crippling debt. But having said all that, what I want to specifically address today is, what do you think about money? Do you think you'd be happier with more? Probably safe to say that would be the case for you and most everyone, including myself. But how much more? And at what cost? Obviously, money doesn't fall from the sky or grow on trees, even though the government seems to be handing out a lot of it these days to people who are unemployed, largely because government policies shut down the businesses where these people were employed during all these ineffective lockdowns. And now we've got this whole mess of people not really wanting to go back to work if they can instead just sit on their couch and collect government checks. But uh, I will resist the temptation and refrain from saying more on that subject. Don't 
get me started. Don't even get me started. But yeah, so we all want more money. Or putting it another way, we all think we'd be happier if we had more money. But the thing is, you have to do something to get that money, to earn that money, right? And this is where I really want to get into sort of this trade-off, or it's not really a trade-off, but like I want to talk about money and happiness and my views on this whole thing. Because to reveal my thesis statement here, my view is that money, that happiness is really... And I did read this book by this Harvard professor way back, uh, I don't know when it was, 10 years ago, called, I think it's just called Happy, Happiness or Happier, where I read about people think about things in terms of the only currency is money. And yes, money is currency and all that stuff. But like people don't think in terms of the currency of happiness. And I remember when I read that, it kind of affected me in, in a certain way because I was like, yeah. Yeah, and what I kind of realized was money is just a means to an end. Like, you know, the old adage, you know, money can't buy you happiness, right? Or like just money alone won't make you happy. It's really more about the life that you create for yourself, right? Now, money is the means or can often be the primary means of allowing you to create that life for yourself where you can be happy. And that's what I mean when I say it's a means to an end. But money itself is not where the happiness comes from directly. So really, whether you have money or not, let's just say, okay, let's say you have money or you have a lot of money or whatever. It's still not a guarantee that you're going to be happy or happier or the happiest you could be, right? Like living your best life. Having a lot of money is not a guarantee for that because you might just make really terrible decisions with your money. And I don't just mean wasting it frivolously. But I mean, spending it on things that don't actually make you happy. You know, so at that point, it's really not about the quantity of money you have. It's really more about what you do with the money that you have. And most of you probably know, and I might have mentioned it a little bit in the podcast. I don't really talk that much about work on this podcast. And interestingly enough, I don't really talk about work that much in my regular in social life, in real life either, like or dating life or anything. Like I just I don't talk about work that much. I am a designer, I am an animator. And uh, you know, so I work in Photoshop and After Effects mostly and Illustrator and uh Premiere, video editing and all these other things. But I don't sit around and have conversations about work all that much. Obviously, when I used to work at a company on site, like RGA, where I used to work, like, yeah, we'd probably have more sort of water cooler talk, talk about projects that we're on and, you know, actively working, collaborating with people and that kind of thing. But I do find it interesting that even back in college, like pre-med friends I had and, and doctor friends after that, like they just, so many times they would just often just sit around and talk about medical stuff doctor stuff, like work stuff. And I've noticed that with a lot of doctors and also with some lawyers as well. And I don't know, it's just, this isn't a main point I want to go too deep on, but it's just an interesting thought. Like I, it occurred to me just now as I was talking about this is like, and it's not that a lack of passion, like I'm passionate about my work. Like I love the creative process and designing and making things excellent, but I just don't talk about it that much. I don't know. I don't know. When I say talk about it, I mean like talk shop, you know, like I don't, 
you know, I'm not at a party talking with people, whether they're coworkers or not, or other people. Like, we're not talking about Photoshop filters and After Effects plugins and things like that. It just that doesn't happen. So it kind of baffles me in a way when I see so many other people talking about work, their jobs, and work so much. And again, it's not because I'm not passionate about this stuff. It's just kind of like, all right, that's work stuff, but let's talk about something more interesting than work, right? That's kind of how I see it. And I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if this sounds really arrogant of me to say, but I'm just kind of like maybe a lot of people like they don't really think about other things in life that much. And it's just work and wife and kids. And that's it. And that's all they have the time and the energy for. So that is the full range of their conversation and their expertise and their scope of existence in life is just work and wife and kids or husband and kids, something like that. But anyway, um, I don't mean to go on that on that point, but but I do wanted to I did want to kind of lay that framework of like I am a freelancer, and, and the point of me bringing that up is that time is money for me, literally, and yeah. So the thing is, I, I know it's kind of cliche to say, but time is money, you know, and and that's very true for me, and I think definitely more so for me in my thirties, late thirties, into my forties, like not so much as in my twenties. I didn't think this way so much, but when I say time is money, I literally mean like it, it goes both ways in the sense of when I'm working for clients for money, I'm losing the time of my life, like the time that I would have been enjoying working on a personal project or this podcast or you know, watching a movie or spending time with friends and family or just doing something fun. I mean, obviously there's not much anything fun for me to do in society anymore, in Philly at least. Um, with the vaccine mandate and, and mask mandates and all this stuff, like there's just, they've just sucked all the fun out of life. And, uh, you know, I'm still going to die. You know, that still hasn't changed. It's just a matter of when. But in the meantime, while I am alive, it's kind of a life that's not fun at all, worth living. But... Uh, yeah, I'm not going to go off on that tangent. Not going to do it. Not going to do it. But the point is, when I'm working for clients, I'm trading the time of my life, hours of my life, weeks and months and years of my life, cumulatively, over the decades. I'm trading my life for money. And I need that money to pay bills in order to eat food and uh, live. And beyond basic sustenance and food and shelter, that kind of thing, whatever money you have left over, you have available to spend on the finer things in life, right? Like so travel, adventures, or owning nice things or nice clothes or whatever it is, you know, watching movies or memberships, subscriptions, buying books, magazines, what, you collect stuff, like whatever it is you enjoy and you want in life. You've basically worked at your job to earn the money, you know, 15, 20, 25% is gone immediately. The government takes their cut. You have no say in the matter. That's just gone, which I don't know if I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but this whole time is money thing really, to me, it it hits me like a, a a baseball bat in the face because... I can't, it's kind of like once you see things this way, I can't unsee them, but this is how I see things. Basically, like you work throughout the year, let's say you're working at a full-time job, 
you're working January to December, right? And essentially, uh, how would you feel if you're working throughout the year and you're getting paid and then all of a sudden, November and December, you're still going to keep working. You're still going to keep working at your job, whether you like it or not. And But you're not going to be paid, though, for that time. So every year you work January through December, but you only get paid January through October. So November and December, you're essentially working for free. Basically, you are giving up your time of yourself and you are not getting paid. You are not getting money in return. And you don't really have a say in the matter. That's just the way it is. And I could go off on a tangent here, and if I had more time, I'd do a research into the constitutionality of the income tax and all these things. But for me, once I framed it like that in my mind, it was like just really disturbing to me, the whole thing, you know, IRS, taxation, and all this stuff. It's just like the government just swoops in and takes your money, and you don't get to keep it, and you just accept it. And like I, I do have a shirt. I do have a couple shirts actually on taxation. You know, taxation is theft and and whatnot. But um, it's just another manifestation of that understanding that time is money, and we're trading the time of our lives for money. And like I said earlier, the way I see it, money is just a means to an end. You know, because, and I've also heard it said by you know, rich entrepreneurial billionaires or whatever they said like i've heard it said that you can always make more money but you can't make more time you know when you're when your number is up when it's time for you to die it doesn't really matter how much money you have left over at that point or not enough it's like your time's up and we as human beings are finite creatures and our time will run up at a certain point you know Uh, Like I was saying earlier, like I'm probably not going to die of COVID and, uh, you know, but I lost a year of life last year and now this year is, we're approaching near the end of it this year and it's kind of like, so two years of life gone. And obviously, like I've talked about on the podcast, 2020 was a year of strife for me and I, I wasted a lot of energy barking up the wrong trees on Facebook, like arguing and debating with friends or so-called friends or Facebook friends or whatever, not really getting anywhere with it, not getting anything out of it and actually feeling more frustrated and more alone and isolated rather than comforted by people who I thought were real friends. But this year it's been better, you know, because I've been branching out and meeting new friends online and through Facebook and whatnot. So that's been good and better, but this is still not a full life that I'm living or that a lot of us are living right now, you know? Like, like I mentioned before, like my, I've, my gym membership is over. Like I'm no longer allowed. And anybody who doesn't choose to get the vaccine for whatever reason, medical reason or not, you're not allowed to attend the gym anymore. And, you know, I, I'm going to do an episode on germophobia soon and I'm going to prepare it nicely and, I will probably go more into this subject there, not now, but, 
you know, basically my, my point is that that was just a coercion tactic. It doesn't have to do with safety and my health or others, or like if I'm, cause I was just like, I, I might've mentioned in the last episode, like they made their policy such that I'm allowed as an unvaccinated person, you're allowed to attend the gym for 30 more days, but you have to wear a mask, but vaccinated people get to enjoy the privilege of not wearing a mask. And as I see it, when, you know, as I've said before, when I go to the gym wearing a mask and other people are not, it's kind of degrading. And it's unfair that like, the standard is being applied to me, but not them. They get to breathe and do whatever they want at the gym. And I have to breathe into this mask and limit my workout just so I don't hyperventilate and all these things, overheat. And uh, it's not fair. And right now I'm in the concluding phases of my membership. I'm only going for another two weeks. Uh, and then my time's up, my time's up. So, but you know, like, like everything in this past couple of years, like I'm rolling with everything, you know, I'm rolling with the punches but what the heck? I'll just roll with the punches. and I'm going to try to develop a new habit now where I wake up every morning and go for a run. You know, I haven't really been doing much cardio consistently for a while. And I'm kind of looking at this as an opportunity when my gym membership is up in a couple of weeks, like falls around the corner. I'll just get up every morning and try to run at least a couple miles every morning. And I think that might actually do my health better. And it might actually save me time. I don't know. We'll see if it saves me time. But by not going to the gym workout, maybe I'll actually just focus on burning more fat, and uh, which has been kind of my desire lately for a while. Although I do like building more muscle. I'm probably going to lose muscle since I'm not going to be lifting at the gym anymore. But at least if I can burn fat by doing more cardio, that would be great. But anyway... Sorry, I'm going off on the tangent here. And I said, technically, I'm not really talking about the pandemic so much or the as I am just the nature of living life now in Philly. But the point is, is like, I'm not really living this full life last year and this year. But in theory, if life was normal, I would be enjoying all of these things in life. I would be traveling. I would be having experiences and social life, dating life, all these things going out, meeting new people, like having a ball, right? City life, Philly, or anywhere I'm at New York, like I'd be having a good time. Like life before 2020. Sorry, I'm getting derailed there. But the point is trading time for money. Time for money. I don't know. I'd be curious to hear from other people, like, you know, from you, like, what are your views on money? Do you think about it much? Like I said, I don't think people think about it that much beyond just paying bills and thinking about the stuff they want to buy or saving up for the thing they want to buy. And that's it. Like, that's the end of story with money. But maybe the reason why I think there's two things that prompted me to want to talk about money today. First was my mom sending me a link to that house that was really nice and but kind of, it was almost like window shopping, like, oh, look at this beautiful, wonderful house that's located in a great area and exactly what I would want and to hear my mom describe that and just be like yeah it's just an idea that's just a a concept of that would be nice but that is not for us because we can't afford it that kind of thing and and I just I don't know I just kind of sat there and thought about it and I'm like well why can't we afford it or and I think about how I spend my time I don't think I've said this explicitly on the podcast but I've said it with close family and friends before it's like my relationship with money, especially post-2020, is like I'm so deflated and disillusioned with society that I don't even care to have a lot of money anymore. Like, I only seem to care about money in the sense of security 
you know, like a stability, you know, with inflation on the rise and everything is more expensive with food and all these things. And another conspiracy note, I just saw a video and another friend confirmed to me that it is true that the government's actually paying farmers to destroy crops. It's like an artificially contrived food shortage that will be occurring presumably within the next six months to a year. So it's insanity. And if it's true, we're all going to be feeling the effects of that in a year, within a year. And uh, I don't know, for some of you, maybe this will be the first time you heard about it. But uh, remember when you hear on the news, there's a food shortage and whatever they blame it on, they blame it on global warming or unvaccinated people or whatever they blame it on, the media blames it on. Just remember, remember the conspiracy theory that I just shared with you on this day in late August 2021. But yeah, look into it. Look into it. I There's so many things to look into. And um, this is actually part of my point. Uh, another point from today is uh, the things we decide to look into and investigate, right? Like how we spend our time and getting back to the subject of money and my mom and this house and all these things. And I'm kind of like, I'm like, I don't know. I'm a smart guy. I mean, I could probably figure out a way to make money. I, I just feel like <laughs> I love the, uh, not that I want to commit crimes or anything, but I just watched Office Space the other day again. And uh, the scene where they're, you know, They've stolen all the money from the company, and they're considering laundering it. Maybe we could launder the money. That's a great idea. They don't even know what money laundering is, and they're looking up in a dictionary and all this shit. And I can't believe what a bunch of nerds we are. We're looking up money laundering in a dictionary. They're like, they don't get it. They're so smart, but they're not good at crime and, you know, that whole thing. But, um, you know, not that I want to commit crimes or anything like that, but, like, just legally, just applying your intelligence... I feel like there are probably ways for me to make more money and probably even to do it in creative ways where it wouldn't kill my soul, like cleaning toilets or doing whatever dirty jobs you got to do to make money. But like, like applying my intelligence and figuring out a way to make money and being strategic about it. Like I could probably do that in some way. And kind of what I was starting to say a few minutes ago is like, Almost part of the reason why I haven't bothered to go down that path of trying to make more money is that I don't even really care about money that much. And again, like I'm saying, like money is a means to an end. My end is happiness. Like I just want to be happy. And if I can be happy making enough money to pay bills and buy the things that I need and want and would use, then I'm good. Because if I only have to work few months out of the year, not the whole year, and make less money, but make enough money, then that gives me more time to do the things in life that I really enjoy. And luckily for me, since I'm so low maintenance, a lot of things that I enjoy doing in life are solitary activities, are cheap, basically. I mean, I've already bought computer and podcasting equipment and these things that I use. So it's really just a matter of just sitting down and following through on my ideas, you know, like making short films, videos, podcast episodes, making music, whatever. Like I have the tools to do it. I just need the time to sit down and do those things. Just do it. And some of these things could actually be lucrative down the road if I get really good at making music or whatever it is that I would put my mind to. 
But the point is, like, that's what I really want to explore. You know, when I'm 80 on my deathbed or 90 or if I die of COVID or whatever, like, whenever I die in the future, I don't want to look back at my life and be like, man, I wasted so much time just doing client work. And all of these ideas I had, like this documentary film that I wanted to do and and stand-up comedy that I want to do and all the places I wanted to travel and see and just like all of these things I wanted to do in life, I didn't do them. And why? Was it because I didn't have enough money to do those things? No. I think ultimately it's just going to be that I ran out of time. But all my time... I wasted trading it in for money that I didn't even use. To me, that would be one of the hugest, if not the hugest regret I would have on my deathbed is I wasted too much time. I I had an imbalance, uh, going back to what I was saying before about the spectrum and some people overspending, some people underspending. Like, I mean... I've heard some stand-up comedian joke about this at some point, but it's like, wouldn't that be, if you don't have a wife and kids to worry about, wouldn't that be the best way to die is to have lived it up and you die like $50,000 in debt and bankrupt and whatever? Because like you beat the system, right? You beat the system. It's like all that money that you owe, well, you're dead now and you don't have anybody to leave it to. So you won. You won. Mikey, that's who. Mikey's the big winner. Mikey wins. You know, and everybody who you owed money to, they lost. But, you know, corporations or whatever, I'm sure they'll get their money somehow. But, yeah, but for the single guy who dies with half a million dollars in his bank account and he never spent it, did anything or whatever, like that guy or that girl, they messed up. They miscalculated. They did something wrong, even though they did a lot right. You know what I'm saying? You know, and again, these things are different. Like if you're married and you life insurance or you're leaving your money to your kids or whatever, like obviously the equation changes. But like if you're just a single person, and I know a lot of people who are single listen to the podcast and, uh, you know, I have a lot of single friends and, and people in a similar boat and divorcees and, you know, it's just like, a lot of people out there, I think even in the younger generations now, Gen Z and millennials, like they're not getting married and they're not having kids and Bill Gates and the depopulation efforts and all of that, it's working. It's working. But that means there's going to be people growing old alone, right? And it's just interesting for me to think about money and the role of money. And like I'm saying, like to me, money just means to an end. This, I mean, I keep repeating it, but that's, I'm like Chris Rock, you know, how Chris Rock always repeats his meal. Money is a means to an end. Money is a means to an end. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> not, not my best Chris Rock impression, but anyway, um, just how he repeats things in, in his comedy specials. If you never notice that now, next time you watch it, you'll notice a very common thing he does. But yeah. So, the thing about the house, my mom, that's kind of what brought up this money topic. But then the other thing that also kept money on my mind was I watched a really good explanation of blockchain and NFTs, non-fungible tokens. You know, it was just really well put together. I had a really a better understanding of it, of the whole NFT craze. And um, 
I might include the link to that video. It was a good video in, in the podcast notes for this episode, so you can go check it out on your own. So I won't re-explain it here. So I'll assume you have a general understanding of what NFTs are and, and how it works. But I think it's really prompted me to think more about money and what it is, you know, this NFT thing and blockchain specifically, because it's not just about paying bills and feeding your kids and all that stuff. It's like, no, this is like raising a whole nother set of questions especially as we move forward in society in this sort of more digital technological age is like, I think people are going to own less physical stuff. I know I certainly will. I mean, I'm in the process of potentially moving and I think I might embrace this nomadic life. Like I mentioned in the last episode and a lot of my life is going digital. So this whole question of NFTs, like, it's really strange to me. Like a friend was asking me about it and I was explaining it to them. It's like a, a, a neurosis. It's a psychosis. It's a, it's a, it's like a mental dysfunctionality in our society nowadays. And I don't want to say it's just that people are obsessed with themselves because I am an Ayn Rand individualist. I'm an objectivist. I love the thought of the individual and putting the individual first. And that's how you can have a flourishing society is that if every person takes care of themselves first, then they can help others. And I'm very much on that side of things as opposed to a collectivist. But I think there's something really sick with society. And it is this unhealthy obsession with the self, but it's not really the true self. I think it's more this desire to look good in other people's eyes. It's more of this desire to impress other people. And that is kind of the psychosis of, that's kind of the problem with this whole NFT way of looking at things. You know, and you know, I'll, I'll watch a Gary Vee video where he gets all hyped up talking about it. That's amazing and that's big. That's a big industry. Like over the next 15 years, big. Collecting, flipping. But beyond all that fluff, he, he might be right. Like we're heading there as a society and he's going to figure out a way to be profitable with it. And I'm, I'm sure. And I'm also starting to think, well, maybe I should figure out a way to be profitable with this. And sure. But on a deeper level, I take a step back and I'm like, this is just kind of sick and depraved in a way. Like somebody paying whatever it was, a million dollars, five million dollars, whatever it is, for the first tweet that Jack Dorsey tweeted in the very beginning, like, so they technically own that tweet, whoever bought it. But I'm like, who the fuck cares? You know, like, why would somebody spend that much money to quote unquote buy or own the first tweet? It serves no functional purpose. And and this is what I mean where I'm like, as a society, we're sick. It's just psychotic. It's like it's broken with reality. And and this goes to like men, women. There's no such thing as a man anymore, a woman. They say a man can get pregnant. They say no such thing as gender. And this like just kids are like the 
not at risk at all from dying of COVID. There's literally like a few children on the whole planet that have died from COVID. And a lot of them have had other health conditions on top of that. And yet we're masking kids, distancing them, putting them in plastic cubicles and separating them. And I mean, we're traumatizing children to the point where it's already been proven, whether you're vaccinated or not, or old, young, if you're outside in the open air, that's not how the virus spreads. If you're out in the open by yourself, there's no reason for you to wear a mask. That's just science. How many scientists and doctors do I have to listen to say that? And it still doesn't ring true. And my friend JR was just telling me on, he was on the bus in New York and this kid freaked out because, this little kid freaked out because JR wasn't wearing a mask and, and the kid was wearing a mask and he's freaking out because, oh my God, oh my God. Like this, we are ruining children. And for what? Children are not dying of COVID. And now we're injecting them with this vaccine and you know, that's a whole nother thing. But the point is, is like society is so fucked up and upside down. And again, this is kind of a recurring theme from the old Titanic episode. It's like, if society's going down, what am I going to do about it? And, you know, with this whole NFT thing, I kind of want to be a little Gary Vee about it. I want to understand it. And I want to figure out maybe how I could utilize this to make some money, to be profitable with it. Sort of capitalizing on the neuroses of a sick society in a way. It's kind of all kinds of fucked up just to think about it and wrap your head around it. But, but it's just strange to me. This is kind of why I brought up this whole question of what does money mean to you? And I feel like if you're going to spend $2 million to buy a tweet, your view of money is infinitely, vastly different than my view of money. Because me personally, I don't understand how buying a tweet or buying LeBron James's first slam dunk or whatever it is that you bought or own in theory, I don't see any value that that offers. It certainly doesn't offer me any value because the only value that I can see it offering to somebody who would get it is the bragging rights. And again, it goes back to this, uh, this problematic way of thinking that I think a lot of these people like... They want to impress other people. They want to impress some girl or impress their buddies or earn the respect of their parents. Or I don't even know, but they're just doing this to brag about saying, I own this thing and nobody else owns it. I own it. But that's where I mean, like, that's an unhealthy selfishness, so to speak, because it's like, well, why do you have to own the first tweet? Why does anybody have to own the first tweet? It is what it is. It was just a tweet or it was just a... Look at the slam dunk. Watch the video if you enjoy it from Jordan or LeBron. Or Why do you have to own that? It's just like, you know, this is like fresh in my mind because I just watched this NFT video earlier today. And I'm going to kind of start to wrap this episode up but because this is just the beginning. But I think in the coming weeks, like I'd like to shift away. I've been talking about not wanting to talk about the pandemic as much anymore. Not got that. But I am interested in this whole crypto space and um, NFTs and as an artist, as a creative person, I'm just trying to wrap my head around this. Like I'm trying to understand it and the appeal and the marketability of these things and trying to figure out like its role in my life and, and what I'm gonna do with it or what I'm gonna do about it. But I really find it fascinating though because like my whole life I found money really boring. 
and it was because any conversation about money, it was always purely financial, really. But I feel like in recent years, especially with this whole crypto thing and NFT thing, like I just feel like money, there's this whole other psychological aspect of money, which is what I find more interesting than the financial aspect or the technical aspect of blockchain and all that, because I'm not a super technical guy. I'm more into the sociological and anthropological and philosophical and psychological aspects of all this. So, I mean, that's what, what we talk about on this podcast all the time, these kind of things more so. So anyway, I just thought I would bring that up just to touch on it today. Again, strike while the iron's hot or whatever the expression is, right? So I was thinking about money today. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to record an episode on money. And uh, I'll edit it down and uh, hopefully post it in a couple days. But um, yeah. Do you have any thoughts of your own on this matter? I'd be curious to hear your thoughts on money. If you want to share your thoughts, you can email your thoughts about money, whatever angle you want to go at it, metaphysical, philosophical, technical with NFTs, whatever. Uh, just shoot your thoughts to uh, podcast at introversion.com. And uh, if you're cool with it, I'll read your uh, your comments, your message aloud on the next episode. I do think um, I'm going to kind of sleep on this and uh, this whole money topic and uh, I might have some follow-up thoughts in the next episode. But for now, I just wanted to uh, keep it relatively brief and uh, talk about money and my thoughts on money. And I just kind of wanted to point out these weird, dysfunctional views on money that I think are out there in society. I don't know how prevalent, but I feel like it's this growing virus, you know, that's spreading and it's really strange to me, like how all of these things are kind of interconnected. Like, I just feel like these toxic dysfunctionalities are spreading in our society and they're being accepted as the new normal, you know, whether it's little kids wearing masks for no reason, even though the science says it really doesn't matter. Um, and don't take my word for it. Go do your actual own independent research. And I don't mean just tune on CNN and listen to what they tell you. I mean, go look at the charts, the data. You know, you can go to TomWoods.com and sign up for his email list. He has really good charts and graphs about all of the mandates in the various states and all of the hospitalization charts and death rates and all of these things with COVID. And you can start to see the picture of like what actually works, what doesn't work and what seems to be, I mean, to sum it up, what seems to be a conclusion of, you know, whether you're looking at Sweden, Iceland, Israel, California, New York, Texas, Florida, like it seems to be this consistency of the virus is making its way through the world. It just is. It's spread everywhere. It is spreading everywhere. Luckily, again, if you're not morbidly obese, if you don't have serious health conditions and other things going on in your body if you are if your vitamin d is up if your vitamin c if you are if you're taking care of your health in general but also you're like your lungs and you're doing cardio and you're keeping yourself in good health you're eating right i mean this is um, again i don't want to go down this tangent of health i might do an episode on health but i just think that these days i'm like doubting more and more of sort of mainstream medicine and and all of these things, I'm becoming more of a homeopath or a naturopath or whatever the term is, where I feel like the key to being healthy is really just like taking good care of yourself and being responsible about what you put in your body. 
and um, how you treat your body. And that goes for like alcohol, drugs, smoking, fatty foods, sugar, all of these things and the experimental vaccines and all this stuff. But like, anyway, I don't, I don't know why I'm going off on that. But uh, yeah, so said some things today about money. I might follow up with some more thoughts on it later on. But for now, just wanted to get this out there. So I uh, hope you hope you enjoyed the episode. And uh, that's it for today. Until next time. I'm certain, honey, that life would be sunny with plenty of money and you. Today's episode is brought to you by Britannia. Gambling with all the glitz and glamour of the British Isles. And best of all, the waitresses and showgirls are all real Brits. Fresh from the street to Sussex, they are. Fresh in the street, Governor. Hey, you. Yes, you. I just wanted to say thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode and would like to hear more, hit that subscribe button on whatever platform you're currently listening on. That way you can obviously get notified as soon as new episodes arrive. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please leave a five-star rating and consider writing a brief review. It just takes a second, and it really helps in order to get this podcast ranking higher so that more people can discover it. And the better this podcast is doing, the more prominent guests we can get on the show, and also the more time I can devote to it, which means more episodes and better episodes. And speaking of better episodes, what would you like to see more of on the show? Are there specific topics you'd love to see covered? Do you have thoughts of your own on the subjects discussed today? I'd love to hear from you. Just shoot an email to podcast at introversion.com. Or you can reach out to me on social media. I'm Jay Caslow on pretty much every platform, Twitter, Instagram, and the rest. And last but not least, if you've been enjoying listening to the podcast and also checking out the daily blog at introversion.com, I invite you to visit patreon.com slash introversion, where you can become an official introversion patron for as little as $3 a month. That's literally 10 cents a day. Anyway, just consider it. Otherwise, just click like, share this podcast with friends and family who you think would enjoy it. Anyway, have a good one. Until next time.